thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. wait for it for the 101st episode yeah 101st hey, episode hey of uh i believe it's the uh the brune view podcast yes the one the, the podcast that steps all over each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah well you know what uh what is it um there, it's uh, two sets, uh, two footsteps in the sand, and then there's uh, one set of footsteps in the sand. That's us walking all over each other. Yeah, that's me. That's, that's us having a chicken fight bi- against nobody. Biblical thing, I think. Yes. I don't know. Jesus was a podcaster, right? Yeah. You and him had the same job, podcaster. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Carpenter moonlight this podcast. Yeah. And oh, dare right. say, I, dare, dare, dare I say, Messiah to mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? It's uh, some people might see that as a bold claim. I would just call it a fact. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> welcome back, everybody. And yeah. Um, hope, hopefully, our moms aren't listening. Because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but anyways, um, yeah, we're we're back. Took a week off. We had some things going on. Yeah, 
little Andy's got some big things going on in the in the yeah. beer world. So yeah, we can talk a little bit about that because I'm sure you tried some new stuff. Yeah, I'm a busy little beer boy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I've been uh, working at a brewery. Maybe we talked about it on here. Yes. I don't know. Briefly, it was right the the well, how the, the nicent. Yeah, the beginning stages. Yeah, so um, got a couple weeks under my belt now. I think this is my third week, um, and it's amazing um, <laughs> for someone who likes trying beers and uh, talking to people about beers and just kind of, I guess, being around beers in in general. Uh, it's so much fun. Um, everything that we have on tap, we make in house. Uh, so no, uh, no Bud Lights, no bullshit. Um, one thing I will say, it's not a, uh, it is not a hop haven. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we only, we have one IPA, um, tomorrow though, they'll have a, their first double IPA. Okay. So I'm excited about that. I did get to try it, and it is great. Um, <clears throat> and you yeah. said that you said they've been open for about a year now, right? Yeah. So I'm coming in before they officially hit a year. So I think May 11th. There's like a big event. Um, the the tap room manager told me he's like, I try and uh, keep the the calendar pretty booked as far as events. More events is more business. More business is more money for everyone that works here. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Um, and uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a total 180 for me as far as where I've been working for the past 10 years. And I want no affiliation with it. To um, I am just a bartender at this place. And I am like... I don't know. I'm excited. When people come in. They're like, it's their first time. I'm like, hey, thanks for coming in. This is a great place. We're going to take care nice. of you. Um, just give me your keys now because we're going to get you fucked up. <laughs> 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 no. Um, I don't know. I uh, I changed, I tapped my first keg. Oh. So, yeah, there I, you go. I mean, ever? Ever, yeah. Really? Yeah. I would have remembered my first one because you always do. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I know. I I've never had to. Um, uh, never never really had to do the keg okay. thing. Like we, um, I went to Iowa for a year, and I would go to keggers, but I was never really involved in the planning process. I was more involved mm-hmm. in the five dollars for a cup process. Yeah, <laughs> try and get as much as you can, more than you can handle. Process, um, and then <laughs> when my close group of friends were in college and I was college age, we were in Chicago, and it was uh, a lot of cans, a lot of cans, great yeah. cans. Um, yeah, it takes so- a commitment for mm-hmm. um, unless you're having a party. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so just never opportunity never arose, and uh, so yeah, learning stuff. Look at you. Yeah, yeah, but it's awesome. I'm like I'm excited, and obviously it's still new. 
Um, and I've had a couple of exceptionally good nights as far as tips. I'm trying to temper my expectations. Um, but it, it was kind of sad that, um, my friend who was, is, um, a floor manager there. She was like, I hope, uh, she was telling her husband who is a bartender at NOLA, who's a friend of mine. Uh, mm-hmm. she's like, I hope that he's like, okay with the money. And like one night I made what I make in 40 hours at, um, yes. at my other job. It's like, yeah, yeah I think this is going to work. This is going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, for a bartender, that's, I mean, that's, um, I remember making, and this was in a college town. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I mean, I would make a couple hundred bucks a night. Yeah. I, I remember I working all day. Yeah. It was just in it. And that's, you know, college kids paying. Right. Um, you know, and yeah, so that's, it's, it's a, it is a sweet gig. The hours are kind of shitty, but, um, but if you're working at a place like a brewery, like I, like I'm sure the atmosphere is pretty sweet. So. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty laid back as far as atmosphere. Um, you know, they they told me day one they're like, no news, no politics. Um, we got on the TVs, no news, no politics, sports and movies. I was like, okay, well, if, if I have to, yes. <laughs> and um, there's been. <laughs> There's been a couple times where I've been working and like drinking water and like my coworkers will be like, you can have a beer if you want. Like, okay, I know. (laughs) What are you trying to do to me? (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's it's laid back. It is. It's laid back and, and they're, um, enthusiastic about the stuff they make and, uh, they want us to be enthusiastic too. And, uh, I'm not really a, uh, joiner. <laughs> um, but uh, as of right now, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. So sweet. Yeah. I'm now you said they weren't much of an IPA place. What, I mean, most breweries have a, a style or a, something they lean towards, like for example, like the, my favorite brewery Trogues mm-hmm. is heavy on the hops, mm-hmm. heavy on the IPA. <clears throat> they do go, to other places, but that's I think where their their heart is. I would say. Yeah. Where, what would you say that they're? Um. So they're. Well, I don't think you've even talked about what what, what brewery it is. Uh, it's Port Orleans Brewery on Chapatulas, spelled how mm-hmm. it sounds, and uh, so it's like I said, it hasn't even been open a year yet. So I think that it's gone through some. Um, I don't want to say identity crisis. It's been through some changes, like as far as uh, they were really committed to kind of a European style, and you can still really see that in their mm-hmm. uh, their their core beers are um, a brown ale, which is great. Um, I'm not a huge um, brown ale guy, um, but this one's fantastic. Uh, brown ale, um, lagers. Uh, Pilsner is one of the flagship ones, which um, they do do hop it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting take on a Pilsner. I'm still not not a big Pilsner fan, um, but the uh, the hoppy flavor profile 
get it makes it a little little better um for for me at least and uh a couple lagers uh pilsner wheat beer um but more recently i think everything that's been coming out has been like uh pale ales mm-hmm. and um like I mentioned, we have a uh, double IPA coming out this weekend, as well as a dry hopped Pilsner. So, Ooh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so but I think initially they were really um, going for the um, lagers and Pilsners, and I think that uh, we still have never done a sour there. But you know, everyone comes in, and those are the two styles that they're asking for. Like, do you got what, what, uh, what's your best IPA? It's like, well, our best and only IPA is the Storyville. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, we don't make sours. So, yeah. Deal with yeah, that, that cuts down on some of the, I'm sure that might cut down a little bit of business, but, uh, yeah, if you have a disturbing pilot, palate, yeah. I'm sure that, uh, you know, as long as yeah, you, you just have to have a variety and enough. Yep. You know, yeah. um, I'm pretty comfortable to being making some recommendations for it, especially like I'm not a fan of pilsners or wheat beers, um, but I like our wheat beer a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, as someone who likes IPAs, I, I just kind of got to get them on board with me and be like, "Well, this is a this is a hopped up wheat. Um, it's a it's a little different." I'm not usually a wheat beer guy, but I'm a fan of it. And, you know, just pour them. They, they encourage us too. like, I'm poor. Just people, if they're even on the fence, just be like, let me get you a sample. So it's awesome being able to just connect with people over something that is really like, at this point, it still feels like a hobby. It doesn't feel like work yet. So, right. yeah, it's awesome. That's good. Yeah. Um, I but, can't wait to hear the uh, evolution of your uh, attitude over the weeks and months to come. I can only imagine that uh, as someone who's moderately self-aware and uh, has an attitude problem, <laughs> I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure that it'll... Uh, it will devolve, but I yes. right now I hope not. I'm really optimistic that this because it's been like a solace for me. It's like Good. I'm at work in the morning, um, giving out coffee to assholes, uh, and I'm just thinking, well, at least I get to go to my other job later. I'm glad because I can, not that you're like a miserable fuck at, at all. It makes but, me a miserable fuck, and I try and shake it off. But there's definitely those days where I just I just carry it with me yeah and yeah. i'm yeah, miserable I mean, when some... i'm there and i can't always shake that yeah so. well one way to shake it is get drunk yeah. that always helps right? oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> that's never devolved into any sort of problem for anybody but yeah what homer simpson say the the cause of and solution to all of life's problems yes beer beer Anything so other? uh yeah um I'm going to have some stuff to talk about next week or the week after, depending. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to uh, this. I think I talked about last year. Uh, this is Harrisburg's uh, beer festival this week. Nice. 
So I'm going to the uh, the homemakers or the home brewers um, the part of this uh, thing on awesome. Sunday again. And I'm looking forward to having some good, yummy beers in Harrisburg. That's awesome. That's yeah. um, the festival that we uh, went to the past two years in Fort Walton. The best part is the home brewers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it, it, like this this is a really it's a week-long event and there's stuff going on at all the different bars all the different breweries like everything is really planned out really well it's like the fourth annual beer festival in harrisburg mm -hmm. and um, it's pretty cool so i'm not gonna be able to partake a whole lot in it because i'm just a little bit too far away and a little bit too uh, self-involved uh, with other ventures that i have going on but um I do look forward to going to this and uh like a family, you selfish prick. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> like other lives that are dependent on me. A um, young man. Anyway. So yeah, uh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Looking yeah. To that it. sounds awesome. That sounds yeah. awesome. Uh yeah, that comes that we're gonna do that on Sunday. So um hopefully I have some stuff to talk about. But let's talk about what's drinking tonight. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I am having an excellent stone from their Enjoy Buy series. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, this guy expires tonight. Enjoy oh, Buy 420. Yeah. <laughs> 18. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is uh, in, in honor of Columbine. It's really dank. <laughs> that's what everyone's always talking about, right? Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Ter Dude. terrible things in the world aside. Um, yeah, it's a super dank, super hoppy, um, super. Uh, it it has that flavor that I've been I've been missing for a while because I mean I think if you go back, I've been kind of all over the place as far as styles go uh this is the first time in a while that i have had a fresh hop forward ipa and um psyched about it really enjoyed it um and uh i got a cool new glass from a friend of the show brennan so, oh, cool. yeah so i enjoyed it in that goblet looking Teku glass? I don't know. T-E-K-U. Uh, but yeah, he sent those over to me this week, which is much appreciated. Very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh, well, last year I had the Enjoy Buy on 420 as well, because I think we may have even recorded on 420 last year as well. Um, maybe, maybe not. But maybe. Yeah. It's all Perhaps. on. Uh, it's all on Untapped. If anyone yes. wants to find out, um, but I see that you are also going with a stone mm -hmm. this week. And based on the picture, mm -hmm. um, I would rather be drinking the Jack Daniels that I had behind it. Um, this is a, this is also a stone, like I said. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Scorpion Bull IPA. Okay, so this is weird because this is one of the uh, a few of the stone beers that I just 
I mean, it's okay. It's fine. There's nothing like really wrong with it. It's just not like great. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it in a four or a three, two, five, which it maybe, um, uh, you know, it's falling into that, you know, 3.5 yeah. thing that, uh, we, <laughs> that we talked about. Let us do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's just I was really looking forward to it, um, and I, there's no real discernible uh, anything about it. There's um, it says it's like tropical and fruity, but it, I don't get that. Um, like the floral and citrus notes, nothing. Um, which I guess is tropical and fruity would be the same thing. Um, I don't know. Um, it's I've had a lot better of the stone. Um, yeah, I mean, even on the show, we've had I've had a bunch of better ones. So. Oh yeah, um, and I think we we say a lot like Stone doesn't do bad beers. Um, no, and and they take chances. They don't rest on their laurels. They always are. I mean, every time I go to the beer distributor, like my beer distributor is not like it's not at the forefront of hey, we're getting every different kind of thing in here. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean they they. Get, they have a good, sele- really, really good selection for this area, but it's not like blow your socks off. Like, what? What should I get this week? Yeah. Um, and uh, 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 I lost my train of thought. But anyways, this one, eh, okay. Um, you could do a lot worse. Um, it's it's sitting at like uh, seven point five IBU or ABB and. Uh, think like 74 IBU. Um trying to look at the uh, the average everyone. It's it, a 3.75 is the average. Oh, okay. Um, and it yeah. looks like um oh, it looks like Josh Weekly has had it. Nice. nice uh, before. Nice. And he gave it a 3.5. So uh, so I guess a scorpion bowl is like a standard thing. Then, is that my understanding? Like, because I, so I go to this I've never bar. Seen, I've never seen it. I go to this bar now and again. Uh, it's a tiki bar, um, and they have a scorpion bowl, which um, they recommend for between three and five people. <laughs> it's forty bucks, um, but it is essentially a bowl filled with fruit and liquor and they light it on fire okay uh, okay <laughs> it's i thought fucking you awesome yeah. um but i don't know how how to translate to a beer yeah so yeah. but it i didn't know a lot more fruity and fiery mm-hmm. for sure yeah i didn't know that that was like a um i'm not surprised that it's a thing i don't know much about the whole the tiki world. Um, <laughs> Not about that tiki life. I, I'll tell you what. This place is great. Um, so I could become about that tiki life if I lived a little closer to it. Right. But those things are those things creep up on you and they're strong. Those tiki drinks. Yeah. Um, I have to drive to get there, so I don't don't do it too often. Right. I could be. I could commit to that island lifestyle. Um, just have to relocate. Yeah, <laughs> just have to change my whole lifestyle. Be yeah, fine. should be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Well, if you are interested and want to join us on Untap, because it, let's be honest, it's the best. I mean, out of all the apps I have, let me think about what my favorite apps are. Probably IMDb, mm-hmm. uh, Overcast for sure. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, I got to say, Untapped is like in my top five of apps. That's how good it is. It's it's comprehensive. It's mm-hmm. it's. Um, I mean, you you can do so much with it, um, and jump on it. And I think most of the listeners we have are on it. But yeah. <clears throat> if you're not, get on it. Look us up, Broomview Pod, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and uh, check it out and check out what we're drinking. Yeah. And they're not even a sponsor. Yes. No, they are not. We just believe in it. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as like uh, having a good experience with an app, uh, yeah, Untapped is up there, um, right up there with IMDb is another great example of, of an app that's just great to use. Um, but even if we're just talking about stuff that I use the most, uh, it's pretty high up there. I would say probably top 10 things I have in my phone, like including my emails. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's on my, it's on maybe, my home page. Maybe They're I drink like too much beer. Screen. Yeah. Maybe I'm just having too much beer, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spotify, Gmail, untapped. Yeah. They all, yep. they, that's synergy. Yes, very synergetic. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Anyways. enough of it. Enough of it. Let's mm-hmm. talk some movies. Yes. Yes. Movies. Um, you've got a your cup runneth over as far as uh, movies to talk about this week. So why don't you go ahead and uh, start us off? Yeah, I'm on this kick right now of staying up way too late and mm-hmm. running on the rest of the day with very little sleep. Um, uh, and so I'm doing most of my movie watching between the hours of like 10.30 and 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, uh, after, what, two weeks ago or after the last episode, I talked a little bit about bringing out the dead mm-hmm. um, from 1999, uh, Scorsese's uh, Nick Cage collaboration. And I want to see how it held, how how it held up, and uh, so I watched it, and it's still really good. It's a it feels a little dated, and mm. it leans heavy on the music, um, a lot of uh, fast what do you call it fat like uh, a lot of quick editing, uh, not jump cuts, but like you know um, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of film work. Or, uh, a lot of film work. Um, a lot of, I guess, just quick, quick cuts to. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. If you see it, you know it's like pornography. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what a jump cut is, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so it's it's good. It's, it's Nick Cage at his best um, for me. You know, um, the mantic. Um, un, unassured, um, very uh, fighting with himself, fighting with inner demons mm-hmm. type. It, when when Nick Cage is at his best, and uh, so added, it's got a good uh, John Goodman cameo in it. Not cameo, but uh, co-star in it. And um, 
Oh crap! What's what's J Lo's? Uh, Mark Anthony, mm. his uh, his star turn in this. So uh, yeah, um, I would. I don't know. It's definitely not. It's it's not in in Scorsese's um in his his like top. You know, it's not what he's known for. Yeah, of course. it's not. And there's mentioned. a reason for it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but it's it's also good it's 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 a like uh, i really enjoyed it and i can see how some people wouldn't enjoy it it's, like i said it's a little bit dated but if you can watch it it's streaming on stars right now um and check it out nice nice all right um i got another one we can run through real quick uh, yeah i think you saw this one um before we get into our, our assignments um I I sat down and watched uh, John Wick Chapter Two. Yeah. Um, it was what sequels should be. I heard that it, it, it focused more on the hotel. Um. Yeah. It definitely. Because uh, that was one of the cool parts about. Oh yeah. One of the cooler parts about John Wick. Yeah. I I I think it more focused on the. Um, that that actual secret society of assassins um and how the i think it's the continental um but yeah how uh kind of all all roads lead to everyone comes through the hotel um but it, it definitely ups the ante ups the um body count for sure uh a bit something so have you not seen this one yet uh no okay definitely definitely worth a watch um the surprise element is gone even though i only watched john wick very recently and had constantly heard about how good it was i was still it's still kind of uh this out of nowhere movie like something that's uh you know doesn't have any source material um you know isn't a comic book isn't a remake uh, and and it just does its job incredibly well, um, so so that that surprise isn't there. So they they uh, you know elevate, elevate, yeah. elevate, elevate. Um, and there there's just a couple of weird things like, um, it seems like <laughs> everyone in <laughs> in this movie, including the extras is potentially part of this secret organization of assassins. Yeah. Um, so, like, there's more assassins than people to kill, is what uh, it feels like. Honestly, there's, like, a couple of scenes where it's like, wait, so is this, like, so this isn't a very exclusive society. And it, and that was one of the things that um, I think was better in the first one, was it just seemed like it was this small fraternity, um, and they all kind of knew each other. But in this one, it was just like every guy in the street is is an assassin. Okay, duly noted. Um, but still, some great action set pieces, some uh, great stunt driving, some great um, uh, pretty uh, graphic uh, gunplay at sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Not not a movie that pulls any punches. Uh, I gave it a seven. I definitely didn't like it as much as John Wick, um, but still, 
definitely recommend. I still immediately, once it was over, um, started looking up if uh, there was going to be a John Wick Chapter 3. So, I mean, I think that tells you enough right there that I'm, I mean, I'm it, interested. It had, I'm sure it had a box office, so I, like, I can't imagine it wouldn't. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I... I, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if if you dig John Wick, and I I did, I really liked it. I just I don't know why there's a reason I didn't watch it, but, um, yeah, it's uh, well, and it's it's named Chapter Two, so yeah. I'm guessing that it's gonna be there's gonna be a Chapter Three. It's streaming on uh, HBO right now, so oh, if nice. you can watch it, or if you have HBO, check it out on that. Um, there's a there. I saw a preview for a movie coming up called Hotel Artemis. Which is kind of based loosely, not based on, but it kind of has uh, similarities to the hotel. And it's uh, uh, the, uh, the synopsis is set in uh, riot torn near future <laughs> Los Angeles. Uh, hotel Artemis uh, follows the nurse, capital N nurse, who runs a secret, secret members only emergency, emergency room for criminals. So it kind of has that same kind of feel uh starring jody foster charlie day dave batista jeff goldblum so it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing looks mm-hmm. like kind of shoot 'em up type thing so might be interesting yeah but uh i saw the you know i was going through my imdb uh preview or you know trailer list and uh, i came upon that i thought it was reminded me of it yeah, it looks. Um, I don't know. It, so, it sounds promising. Solid premise. Yeah. Good cast. There you go. Dave Bautista back at it again. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Bit. He's the he's the new king of the bit role. You heard That's it right. here first. Heard it here first. That's right. Or a mask. Yeah. Maybe. You guys yeah. talked about it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do, yeah. Yeah. Were you there? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't imagine that that Matt would stand for any of that nonsense, unless it was a democratically two against one. Uh, no, no, it was Matt. It was Matt that brought it up. Oh, hmm. and you and we we both said, uh, yeah, he was great in Blade Runner. Yeah. So. It was I'm looking at? He was he was Inspector. Yes, he, he was. was. In Riddick. I don't remember him in either of those. Oh, not Chronicles of Riddick. I guess this is a different one. Interesting. Anyways, um, <laughs> Hotel Artemis. There you go. Who is Artemis? Mm-hmm. Artemis is a Greek deity. Yes. Mm. Should have known. What's, what's her whole thing? Hmm. Daughter of Zeus. Shocker. Yeah. Aren't we all? Yeah, right. Twin sister of Apollo, the Hellenic goddess of the hunt. Oh, interesting. Interesting. A nurse in a hotel named after the goddess of the hunt. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really makes you think. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, cool. Let me um, get one more before we get into our... Yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Go for it. Go for things. it. Uh, I watched them on HBO. Um, it was the documentary on Andre the Giant. Nice. Um, so basically, it just tells his story, right? Because yeah, 
I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about him other than watching him on TV. I knew he died. He was in uh, Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah, that cult everyone loved movie, which I could care less about. Anyways, um, so this actually has pretty good access. I mean, they interview Robin Wright. They interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger. They got um, Rob Reiner and Billy Crystal and Hulk Hogan and... Uh, well, so they got that Vince McMahon, uh, that Ric Flair, uh, Mean Gene Oakland. Nice. I mean, they had good access. And they they told good stories, um, and they pretty much documented what happened and what this guy was all about because he was just uh, seriously. He, I mean, literally a freak of nature. He was bigger than life. He was um, actually had a. Um, was it a pituitary problem? Yes. Uh, he had a, I think it had something to do maybe like a tumor or something to do that his, he was, he was, he, he continually produced human or the, the, uh, growth hormone, Mm -hmm. um, after like you should have long after puberty. Yes. And like his actual body began, his body just kind of crumbled under the weight of itself because he was just uh, too big. Like some of the pictures they were showing, like they did a really good job of showing like how like enormous this man was. Yeah. Like, um, and you know, they told like they showed, uh, did a good job of like hit from him, from a, a, a child to, uh, he was, he was from France and like coming over to the u.s getting into like the regional wrestling uh of the like the 70s you know and then as it morphed into the wwf um and how uh it's a little bit of a history lesson on on wrestling itself Mm -hmm. but it did a really good job of examining his life and stuff and his um just how he lived and how i mean you know it's it's kind of tried to say but uh, you know, he was he was bigger than life. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, was, yeah. Um, and you know the pain and stuff that he went through because of this. Uh, I guess you call it a disease that he had, and mm-hmm. um, and who he affected, and like generally a nice man, but like anywhere he went, he was Andre the Giant. Like, yeah. <laughs> like if he was on a plane. He couldn't. They'd have to bring a bucket to him because he couldn't fit into the the plane's bathrooms. Like he'd have to, you know, go to the bathroom in a bucket, yeah. or, or need, you know, need a shop uh, back. Yeah, yeah, shop back. Exactly. Come live this life, Andre. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it was it was very interesting, and they did a good job. They pulled the heartstrings a little bit, and, and try, you know made you really feel for this guy and like generally everyone loved liked him loved mm-hmm. him liked him uh he he was a good person and they spent a lot of time building up to the the uh uh wrestlemania 3 um which is i know we talked a little bit a little bit about wrestlemania last week but yeah. uh in wrestlemania 3 um you know hulk hulk hogan slams and beats andre the giant 
up to this point had been undefeated in the WWF. And for wrestling fans, this is a big thing, crazy stuff. But this was one of those um, scripted, unscripted things where Andre had a lot of the power and stuff. And I don't want to spoil it because mm-hmm. it's actually worth a good watch. And um, or it's worth a watch. It's it's a good watch. Worth it. Worth a good watch it well. Um Anyways, sounds uh, good. Yeah, check it if you have HBO or HBO Go, uh, or you know, find somebody that does get their password because yeah. you can stream. You can have like a bunch of different devices on that, right? You can get that. Um, yeah, good watch. I I gave it an eight. I really like okay. it, and it's. I mean, it's holding steady with uh, the uh, the users are right at the same place with that. So, um, yeah. Nice little nostalgic nostalgia piece for the, uh, uh, you know, for uh, someone who grew up on the WWF. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll say this because we did talk about on uh, on Mavs uh, about the uh, WrestleMania, and I have no interest in it, but I definitely find the characters uh, like they're they're interesting guys usually because they they do have these like larger than life personas and like yeah it's you know it's it's always funny because they talk about how one of the big linchpins is wrestling is fake and like it's one of those weird things where it yeah like it's it's kind of a soap opera but they're still putting like extreme wear and tear on their bodies and like well it's just it's like it's 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 a movie versus documentary yeah um it's a movie's fake Mm-hmm. But like someone has to do those stunts, so right. it's not fake; it's just scripted. Yeah, as people would would tell you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, and I've never like, I don't know anything about like, uh, Vince McMahon or or Ric Flair or Andre the Giant inside <laughs> the actual ring, but I've <laughs> like watched a lot of their interviews and. Like I think Ric Flair seems like a fucking nutcase. Oh, he's crazy, um, yeah. and and he and seems yeah, awesome. I think, yeah, I, they seem genuine, like genuinely, and like I think we talked about John Cena's supposed to be just like an awesome guy. Like he's granted more wishes than anyone else in the history of the Make a Wish Foundation, and um, obviously The Rock is America's sweetheart now. So these are interesting guys. I'm just not really interested in. Like actually sitting down and watching WrestleMania, right? I mean, I think you missed you just missed the heyday of the the wrestling thing. You know, I remember Saturday morning cartoons. They had a wrestling show that I loved. Oh, yeah. You know, and um, just it was it was a big thing. Pretty much every kid between I'd say probably the ages of thirty five and probably fifty, maybe forty five. Oh. Um, had that that's whenever it was in its heyday like in 19 you know 84 to like probably 1990 maybe you know a six year maybe a 10 year span of just wwf was the biggest thing in the world yeah so yeah Uh, it's a it's a really interesting watch check it out yeah yeah i'll try and find that because because like i said i am interested in that stuff uh cool cool and uh what's it called again it's just called Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Okay. Should, yep. be, should be easy to remember. We'll see. Uh, oh, another, a cool thing about it. It's um, uh, Bill Simmons is the one that uh, 
was the production company behind it. And he he had that. Uh, you, we would you would know him as the sports guy. Yeah. Um, he did. He started the thirty for thirty documentary thing, mm-hmm. and you know. But, yeah, there he was go. one of the, one of the main producers of the movie. All right, so there you go. Wrestling is mm-hmm. a sport. It's a fact. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, all right, sweet. Um, so, if you want to go ahead and get into the assignments from sure. last week, you uh, threw one out at me. A uh, very interesting documentary called "Beware of Mr. Baker." Um, and what that one is is uh, it's uh, Ginger Baker who uh, looks back on his musical careers, uh, career with Cream and Blind Faith, his introduction to Fela Kuti, his self-destructive patterns and losses of fortune, and his current life inside a fortified South African compound. Um, okay, so real quick before yes. you get into it, this movie, like the first minute, mm-hmm. well, like, you're, it, it'll grab you, right? Like The... Um, so Jay Bolger, uh, who wrote and directed, um, I guess I don't know story. I, I don't know. Right? Does right work for for a yeah. documentary? Anyway, yeah, I mean, um, so Jay Bolger is is the um, force behind. Oh, absolutely, yeah. This you you got to tell the story, right? Yeah, you have yeah. To, you have to tell the story. Yeah, so you gotta... yeah. Fair enough. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's um, like a biographer, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. Um, and that. So, <laughs> yeah, right from the start, um, this guy, Jay Bolger, uh, contacts Ginger Baker, and you find out that he, he tells him he's doing, he wants to do a piece for him for Rolling Stone magazine. Uh, he does not work for Rolling Stone magazine. And then, I guess, next thing you know, he's in Africa? Right. <laughs> And uh, right there, I mean, that's a pretty good little um, – that works well, not, as kind of a microcosm for the movie, uh, not only for that, the story like, itself. Within the first, like, 60 seconds, he gets punched in the face by Ginger Baker. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so the filmmaker gets, like, bloodied up by the his subject. Yeah. Um, probably not a very common thing for, for documentarians. Um yeah. And you would th- and you would think that after that uh it's going to wane a little bit. It's not going to be it can't hold this pace. No, it's that is a perfect um like microcosm for for everything else that happens. It's it's these um <laughs> random um just sporadic uh potentially violent scenarios um with a little bit of drumming thrown in there. Uh, not a little bit of drumming. There's a lot of great. Yeah. You see a lot of great um, stock footage and uh, and archive footage of him him on the drums. Um, but so Ginger Baker, um, he broke out really with Cream. Yeah. Um, and uh, I uh, before um, before this, I didn't really I I knew nothing about Ginger Baker. Uh, even to the point of where it's like, hey, beware of Mr. Baker. Like that doesn't be like, oh, Ginger Baker. It's right. just like, that didn't even have that name recognition for me. But holy shit, what a character! And he, 
he should be like he should absolutely. be absolutely tip of our tongue because yeah i think um and I, I this might be spoiling a little bit but like so he's in cream with eric clapton right yeah and they're like the 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 documentarian or they're asking him questions about you know um, okay, so at the same time, like his contemporaries, this Ginger Baker, mm-hmm. you know, his contemporaries would be like Keith Moon or uh, yeah, or, uh, John uh, Bonham. Uh, 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 who's the other one from um, John Bonham? Yeah, John Bonham, right? Mm-hmm. And he and and like as quick as they say it, he like, and and everyone could, would consider Eric Clapton like probably at the height of musical talent in that era, like yeah, like right there at the pinnacle of like he knows everyone respects eric clapton because he is a musical god you know on the guitar yeah and as soon as they mention it he he just dismisses him yeah and he's like no it's ginger baker like by miles and every and like when people talk about legendary drummers it's keith moon it's john bonham yeah absolutely even um yeah, um, Neil Peart, yeah. and who who actually gets interviewed, yeah, um, yeah. and they're like, I mean, he'll tell you it's like it can't hold a candle. And the thing that's so interesting about it, um, Ginger Baker never considers him to this day. He's a jazz drummer. Yeah, not a rock drummer. Yeah, that's how he that's how he learned music. That's how it, he's he's obsessed with time. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but it's obviously um, that's what works for him because he he's incredible. And I since since watching this, just kind of like listened to some of his stuff, done a little little extracurricular stuff here, and it's crazy. So uh, one of the things that I noticed that was um, an incredible juxtaposition is like when he's being interviewed, um, he doesn't seem very happy like he's, he's just, a colossal he's, asshole yeah he is an asshole um a kind of a curmudgeon but like even in like old footage like he just doesn't seem very happy when he's on the drums ear to ear smile like he, he, like that is where he, almost maniacally oh yeah yeah he's he's a man possessed behind that kit but he that is clearly where he believes he needs to be um and it, it's just, it's a really cool juxtaposition. Um, and not, um, it's not so much the fact that he's an asshole, but uh, on the subject of, of him, I think the, the weakest part of the documentary for me was when, um, when he was being interviewed. Um, and weak is kind of a strong word for that. It was just, I was so fascinated by hearing like other people talk about this like larger than life guy and then he's you know he's a former addict and and he's uh you know yeah he, he he's kind of deteriorating now and and he's got a pretty thick accent so it's like like he is he is the he is the living embodiment of the rock star that should have died yeah you know it died oh, young yeah. mm-hmm. he, this guy like like Keith Richards and his guy is pretty much yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's curious that they're both still alive. <laughs> yes, and and one thing that's had had he just been a great drummer and mm-hmm. not um, a colossal douchebag, 
this this movie wouldn't this doc wouldn't have been any like wouldn't have been a third as good as it was. Being, it would have been a lot more textbook. It would have been a right. lot more just dry information. But just the the carnage in which he left behind him. Yeah. On his way, like every every band that he formed and got into, he was the reason that it failed. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. He he's a very volatile person. And I mean, you see, like when they interview the women, they they number his wives. Yeah, so it's just he he can't keep anyone in his his life for too long. Um, <laughs> there's one really funny part um, where I think it's one of his daughters, and this is how much how kind of elusive he is. One of his daughters <laughs> is like broken down, crying, and she's like, he's somewhere. <laughs> And all alone, some in some compound in Africa, and the, the guy behind the camera's like, "What? No, he's <laughs> he's not alone." And she's like, "Oh, well, never mind." <laughs> it's so great. It's, like <laughs> this guy is—he's elusive. Yeah, and that's what's really cool too. Um, is the amount of access they have for a guy that clearly is not really all that interested in um, being in the spotlight or, um, you know, kind of uh, seems content to fade into obscurity. Like he, he's not out there um, doing everything he can to preserve his legacy, um, which I think funny enough it, because of that. And because of this documentary, um, that just adds to to his his mythos is it's crazy like i'm so um the documentary is really informative um i gave it an eight um kind of leaning more towards a nine honestly now that i'm i'm getting to talk through it uh strong 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 recommendation it's on netflix um but for as for as informative as it was and as, as um as much of uh his life as it was able to span, I'm just, I'm even more interested now than I was before. Yeah, because you know there's story, other stories oh, out there. yeah, definitely. Right? I mean, there has to be. The way this guy just, I mean, literally had a, a wake of just bad, I mean, anybody that, like, was with him for more than, let's say, two years, like, it ended terribly. There was no, like, and, and the weird thing is, like, so many people look back on him fondly. Just because, like, if this guy would drove a truck for a living, you know, someone would have killed him. But because he was yeah. just a, a just a gifted uh, musician, uh, you know, was great talent. on the drums. Yeah. And, well, and if I say gifted, that's one thing. But he also worked like super. You could tell he was like what I I I felt there was points of this. I'm thinking of uh, oh, what's this uh, the. Uh, uh, whiplash. Yeah, it, I, I felt there was points like I could see similar. Like I could see, oh, this is what that guy may may have done to himself to try to get to that point. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking at this now. Uh. Like I said, strong, strong, strong recommendation from me, um, Brad. I think you're pretty. You're we're pretty in line on this one. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Eight. Uh. Eight. Yeah. So. This is uh, it's on Netflix right now, but it looks like as of May first, it won't be anymore. 
Okay. So get on it. Yeah. If you're listening to this right now, um, well, then you're listening to it right now. Yeah, if you're listening to this right now, then you're hearing this right now. And uh, if you're listening to this right now, you're probably my wife. Yeah. And you're just above me. <laughs> um, if you're if you're listening to this as it's released, I would say put this down. We'll still be here. Um, yeah. If this sounds like it's something that would interest you, you got to check it out. Yeah. If you have any inkling, like any kind of music, it's 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 one of the, it's a weird forgotten story. Like yeah. I, I consider like I don't know I don't see myself as like this huge um, uh, music nerd, but like I have a pretty good like I know like when people say Keith Moon and John Bonham, I know those people. And yes, obviously they're notorious because they're dead. You yeah. know they're they're um, the people that you know should have what what could have been, but maybe they would have turned into Mr. Baker eventually. Yeah, who knows. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy to see how, when you, when you dedicate your life to one specific thing, how poorly you can do other things in your life. And, you know, like when people talk about athletes and, you know, how, why, you know, all this money, all this money, but like you've dedicated your whole life to this one Mm -hmm. thing, like, and like you can get skewed and be like, and not take stock in the other important things in life. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. It's a very wild story. So check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for the thank you for the assignment, because I really enjoyed this one. Good. Yeah, I, I had fun right with you. Yeah. So. Good, good, good. All right. Um, I'm going to run through this one real quick. Okay. Uh, streaming on Amazon right now, Imperium from 2016, mm-hmm. starring Daniel Radcliffe. Um, our all of our favorite, or our, our our favorite wizard. Everybody's yes, yes. Le- um, legally, has to uh, this is a story of a um, FBI nerd who gets kind of bullied into going undercover to break up some white supremacist stuff. Um, I, I'm not going to recommend this movie. It's very cookie cutter. It's there's nothing, there's no real, um, there's new, no real ground to be, uh, tread on this. And I, uh, I'm not, not, uh, I just want everybody to know that I I ask Andrew to assign this movie to me, so <laughs> I'm going to put that on him. Um, um, uh, Dan Radcliffe is okay; he's fine. Um, he he talks um, really well with an American accent, so that's I guess one thing. Uh, but it's cookie cutter. It's you know he goes in, he gets in too deep, uh-huh. and he makes you know kind of friends, but. He's got to get out, and you know it's just that cliched undercover thing. Serpico. I will say, oh, go ahead. It's like a, it's like a white supremacist Serpico. Yeah, <laughs> only better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say that I am, a, I am a sucker for undercover movies because mm-hmm. they're just they're ripe for tension. Like they're, it has to be tension filled. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's no other choice but to have or, attention. I'm thinking of Donnie Brasco. That's what I'm thinking of. Not Serpico. 
Okay. Well, I mean, Serpico. Oh, yeah, Serpico was more of just a cop, but yeah, yeah. Donnie Brasco. Yeah, Donnie Brasco is a great example because, like, the whole movie, you're just kind of uneasy. You're kind of sitting there feeling, if it's done well, really yeah. well, then you're the whole time you're kind of on edge because this guy's living a life he shouldn't be living, you know. Um, and this has some of those moments, but for the most part, it's playing on cliches like. You know, all the white supremacists are just white supremacists, like... They're archetypes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's one character, one white supremacist that, that has a little bit of nuance, but, like, other than that, it's just, like, you know, uh, there's no true characters in this movie, and it's just kind of, eh. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't recommend it, unless you're a big Radcliffe client, fan, uh, but it is streaming on Netflix. Hmm. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now, uh, you you uh, you've ran through uh, a solid amount of movies this week, so you probably got got a couple more you want to talk about. Yeah. Let me. Um. One. There's one I think we can actually talk about a little bit. Okay. Um. <clears throat> watch a movie called. So that uh, the new Paterno movie came out like a week ago or two weeks ago on HBO. Jopa. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that. Uh, oh. But what I did watch was a documentary streaming on Netflix right now. It's called Happy Valley. It came out in 2014. Mm-hmm. And so this is a movie about the whole, like, from the moment that Sandusky kind of gets implemented to him being sentenced and put in prison. And in that span, Joe Paterno goes from saint figure to, uh, to pariah to dead. And... And now it's still his name is being kind of dragged through the mud. But what this movie does, it's a documentary um, based on the whole atmosphere around this little farm town mm-hmm. in central Pennsylvania where I spend a fair amount of time and I'm surrounded by all these Penn State fans around here. Mm-hmm. And it so it, it examines like the... You know, it was big news, right? Sandusky, oh, child molester, huge, yeah. And like, and literally, I, in my opinion, kind of killed Joe Paterno, like all the stuff that swirled around him. Because yes, he had cancer, yeah, all that stuff. But with the added stress on everything, yeah, the I mean, stress on your body when you're trying to fight cancer already. And, as an octogenarian, it's it does it's not going to bode well for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, um, it's interesting because as a person that lives in like, in like Penn State, like I drive around when I'm driving to work in the morning, I'll see no less than like three or four stickers with the number 409 on the back of it. Mm-hmm. No one knows what 409 means. 409 is the, the record that Joe Paterno, it, as far as wins had whenever he was dismissed from the team or fired from uh, coaching. And then the NCAA came down with a hammer and said, they take away all his wins from whenever he was from 2012 to uh, 2000 or 1998 or whatever it was. So they take away. So that'll show. Every, him. Yeah. That only punishes the fans. Like yeah, I know. <laughs> that, that and, just makes them subject to other fans being dicks to them. <laughs> But what what that does, and I don't think what people understand is, is that 
you know, people that are wrapped up in, they love their sports team. They love their sure. team, that, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what that does is when they're driving around with that 409 on the back of their car, they're looking at, like, this is my guy that, like, I rooted for and stuff. Yeah. But what the NCAA didn't realize is, oh, we're going to punish we're gonna punish the school and make an example of Joe Paterno. Mm-hmm. And they did it after he died. Okay. And and what that does is... feels like a scapegoat the, scenario. Well, what it does is it makes it so you got you have to cape up for your team, right? You mm. you get it you, you you get your back hairs up, you um you're ready to, to fight for your team. So they put oh no, we we deserve these wins and all that stuff. But what it what it doesn't do, do is take in consideration the victims of what happened. So right. that four oh nine to the victims and the people who were really affected by this whole thing. Not the people that like, oh my my sports team got hurt. Yeah. No, it's the the people that actually were hurt are marginalized. Yeah. Because, you know, take away my feel good, I want to fight back. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a weird juxtaposition because like I wouldn't say cult like status, but like Penn State in this area, like it you it's weird because it is such a small community. Like State College, Pennsylvania is I don't even know. There's not a I there's not a big enough town in the world to or in the in the US to kind of say what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um because it's there's no high rises. There's I mean the biggest buildings are you know, um you know the the dormitories or whatever you know it's this small town and it's it's kind of a cult up there and like i've always pushed back against it because yeah everyone wants to be a fan i just kind of culture kind of guy um but it, this movie what this documentary does is really capture both sides it captures like the how in the world could people really defend you know if like joe paterno knew about it or the school knew about it, like th- th- that's disgusting. But it also mm-hmm. it says, well, maybe he didn't know everything, and like pedophiles are really shifty by nature, and maybe he wasn't. Like it really tries to play both sides, not in a bad way, in a good way, to try to tell the story. Yeah, and 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 the reason you know that is because they actually get really good access to Joe Paterno's family, mm-hmm. his his wife, his two sons. And they also have access to like the um, the the authors and the people who were actually writing and talking about like the bad things um, that were going on there. So sure. very, I think, a well balanced documentary. Um, I, I uh, it's it's a fascinating look at it because I'm like smack dab in the middle of it, mm-hmm. and I thought it, I I highly recommend. It. I give it an eight. Okay, so. Is that streaming somewhere right now? Yep, Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Yep. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, one quick movie I'm going to talk about. It's mm-hmm. actually a decent little movie. It's streaming on Star. It's called Stretch, uh, starring uh, Patrick Wilson. You know him as Night Owl, or we know him as Night Owl. Yes. Um, and as, what's that movie? Uh, the Ghost Ones? Uh, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> where he's uh, the, the, the pedophile, maybe. Uh, hard candy. Oh, hard candy. ooh, yeah, gross movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, this movie is kind of fun. It's kind of one of those uh, set in one day. A lot of things happen, like a go type movie or a Pulp Fiction type movie. Sure. Um, nice. you know where there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on, a lot of things hinging on other things. Uh, streaming on stars, 
decent little movie. Ed Helms makes a uh, kind of a co-starring appearance, but like he does something you never expect Ed Helms to do within the first five minutes. Hmm. And I will leave it at that. And if you're you, it's it's not great, but it, I had fun watching it. Okay. Um, yeah. So stretch streaming on stars. Nice. Whew. <laughs> Um, crap. You know what? Let's break this up. I'll get into the last two, the, the two movies that are actually out in theaters right now. Okay. And we're going to do a little, uh, something different. <coughs> yes. Give me, yeah, we are. I, I really have to cough, so I'm going to pause myself. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry about that. No worries. Got a little tickle in my throat. It happens. All right, so I found a website called TriviaPlaza.com, and it has uh, quizzes, uh, a bunch of them. Now, some of them I don't really want to get into. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they have a bunch of them. So I'm going to say... Um, Let's do sports movies mm. for 100. Okay. All right. So we're going to play this and uh, play along, people, and we'll uh, keep score here because I won't know the answer until I actually have to click on it, too. Nice. All right. So question number one, what is the main sport in this movie? Semi-pro. Oh. Um, do I do I say it out loud? No, or everyone I... play at home. Yeah, okay. And, and answer. Or okay. Uh, well, no, actually, we'll just. Yeah, I'm not gonna remember. <laughs> so just just answer it. It's, uh, it's the old uh, the old basketball. That's right. I think it's basketball too. And yes, we're right. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets a point. Heck yes. All right. Uh, oh, what's the main sport in this movie? Well, the water boy. So this might not be so good. <laughs> All right. So we're both going to get that. Foosball. The foosball. What is the main sport <laughs> in the money, money, money ball? All right. So we're both going to get that. I thought this was going to be a little harder. <laughs> okay. What's the main sport in Bennett like Beckham. Football. Uh, Happy Gilmore. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hockey. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, main sport in the movie, The Hurricane. Uh, that'd be the old fisticuffs, right? Yes, it is. All right. That was the only one. Uh, the babe. Uh, Rocky, really? Mm. Two more. Invictus. Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. Ooh. What is the main sport in the movie Invictus? Is that. Uh, choices are American football, football, soccer, rugby, and basketball. Hmm. 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 I don't. I don't know. I thought I thought it was track and field. 
Uh, I know this. Actually, it is rugby. Uh, yes, it is rugby. And <laughs> the main sport in this movie, Wimbledon. Love. Well, good news, everybody. We got uh, 10 out of 10 on this one. Yeah. Uh, right. There can be a tie. All right. Let me go through this one with you. <laughs> And we'll see. This is mixed general movie quiz. Oh, uh, what should which? Oh, this is different. What is the main which, sport? What's that? <laughs> what is the main sport in the movie? <laughs> yeah. uh, which of these actors was not born in the USA but in the United Kingdom? Oh. Colin Firth, Terrence Howard, Adam Sandler, and Peter Fonda. Isn't it? Uh, is it Mr. Firth? I think so too. Yes, and we are right. So we both get one. All right, we got that. We got the first one right. These, that's that's a good joke. I like that. I like that pun. These movie stars were all born in the in which year? Bradley Cooper, Mary Marion Cotillard, and Angelina Jolie. Your choices are nineteen sixty five, nineteen seventy, nineteen seventy five. Or 1980. Oh. Hmm. What do you think? I uh, I think 1980. Okay. Because that would make them all older than me if... And I know they're all younger than me, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I have no idea. Oh, no. 1975 is okay. the right answer. Sorry. There you go. I kind of jumped no, on you. Fine. Sorry. You're fine. I that was I mean that was kind of, I was thinking it was seventy five or eighty but I, I but honestly both choice. both just guesses I have no idea. Hmm. Which of these actors was not born in the USA but in Austria? Hmm. It's not as easy, hard as you think. Uh, John Voigt, Christopher Walken, Robert Wagner, or Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Alright, uh, question number four. John Voigt, the guy who uh, sold George Costanza his car, obviously. That's right. Uh, these, are, these are subtitles of movies in which series? Hmm. The Meltdown, I'm sorry, The Meltdown, oh. Dawn of the Dinosaurs, and Continental Drift. That is Ice Age, right? Yep. Out. I guess I should give a little bit of time for the listeners Sorry. to jump in. No, I, I'm, I'm, I should be no. doing this a little bit better. Maybe if this is a good thing. They have a pause yeah. button. Yeah. <laughs> this is a fictional planet or moon in which of these movies? Endor. Oh. Okay. All right. Your choices are Stargate, Battlestar Galactica, Green Lantern, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. Mm. Mm -hmm. I didn't even make it hard for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, number six. Which of these classic trilogy Star, War Star Wars characters appear briefly at the Rebel base on Yavin 4 in Rogue One, A Star Wars Story? Mm. Han Solo and Chewbacca. 
Luke Skywalker in Obi-Wan Kenobi, Lando in uh, Nian Noob Nunb, C-3PO and R2-D2. Which of these classic Star Wars trilogy characters appear briefly at the Rebel base on the Avon 4 and Rogue One? I mean, it has to be C-3PO and R2, right? Yeah. 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 There's a lot right? of talking for that one. All right, so question seven. So we only got four more. Um, uh, this quote is from which movie? Oh, I like Sir this. Donald. Tell me, Commander, how far does your expertise in the field of... Ah, damn it. Tell me, Commander, how far does your expertise extend into the field of diamonds? Bond. Well... Hardest substance found in nature. They cut glass. Suggests marriages. I suppose it replaces the dog as the girl's best friend. That's about it. Is it you only live twice? Diamonds are forever? License to kill or Goldfinger? Um, just based strictly yeah. on, on context, I would go Goldfinger. <laughs> and it was... Diamonds are forever. Uh, ooh. This one, I think we know. Oh, I, maybe I thought didn't. you were going to say, oh, it's not Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> no, it was. No way. Um, this is one we, we definitely know. Okay. Uh, this is a villain that appears in which superhero movie? Juggernaut. Hmm. Spider-Man 3, Fantastic Four, Ghost Rider, X-Men, The Last Stand. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Bullet Tooth Tony, Vinny Jones played this. Mm-hmm. That's right. I used to work for a guy named Vinny Jones. Which character from... Oh, that was... I should say that's X-Men. Yeah. Last damn. Uh, which character from a Disney film is described here? A giant icy snowman and bodyguard of the Snow Queen, Frozen. Is it Grandpabby, Morph, Marshmallow, or Olaf? I was way off. It's Olaf, right? No, it's the marshmallow. Oh. I was wrong with that. Damn. Hmm. Damn. Damn, damn. Uh, which 2007 movie is based upon a story by Stephen King in which members of a small town stay in a supermarket in order to survive? Oh. It's oh, a great flick. Uh, the answers are, or possible answers are, no smoking, the mist, Riding the Bullet or Dreamcatcher? Hmm. That would be the Frank Darbont directed. Mm-hmm. Tom Jane starring. The Moost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, we got eight out of ten. Okay. All right. That was a nice aside, I suppose. No, I, I like it. I bet I, there's got to be a way where we can. Put it up there and kind of... Yeah, well, there's... there's, We can do something with that. Yeah. This is... Yeah. Sure. This is the uh, this is the building blocks of a new segment. This is a peek behind the, the curtain. Yeah. Nice. I like it. it was, yeah. <laughs> at, at the risk of uh, me talking too much, I'm going to talk mm-hmm. more. In the white room. 
with black, with black that's just a great song <laughs> that, that, that's one great thing about the uh where mr baker there's oh yeah great music great music in there yeah i love how dismissive he was of everyone else just everyone else yeah <laughs> and you're totally right if he was a fucking like uh a blue collar guy i'm like what a piece of shit <laughs> since he could drum like no one else yeah like well, <laughs> let's let's just put up with him. <laughs> yeah, we'll cantonize him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very awesome. Um, I like it though. Trivia is so much fun. Yeah. Yep. I was I was I've always been secretly disappointed that you never got to be the quiz master at that one place. I yeah, I would have liked to, um, but I'm pretty sure because it that uh, <laughs> I, I never called them back when they were like. Because hmm. uh, in the interview, they're like, you're not planning on moving anytime soon, are you? Bye. And I was like, no. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, you clearly don't listen to Mavs. <laughs> or, or you're not caught up on Mavs. Yeah, you're not caught up on Mavs. Uh, I've moved three times in this past yeah. two years. Uh, yeah, and then they're like, yeah, we want, we're we're interested in bringing you on. I'm like, I'm going to look an apartment in, in New Orleans, so I'm just going to never respond. <laughs> Ever the consummate professional. I just right. did not call him back. Yeah, I would have loved to have done that. I went out to trivia recently, and uh, OT was like, yeah, he was almost a trivia MC, And then the rest of the night, everyone was like, you would have been so much better than that guy. Like, <laughs> Please, I know. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. And everyone's like, ah, he's kind of an asshole, but he's a great trivia host. So yeah. <laughs> someone what someone makes, get a doc going. You know what? Like, I think you need to have a little bit of condescension as a trivia host. Yeah. You don't have to yeah. know everything. You just have to play, yeah, act, play it like well, you know everything. You act like you have the answers. Yeah. <laughs> act like you've been there. Nice. Yeah, I um, I don't know. Maybe an- another opportunity will pop up. Maybe the bar I work at will do a trivia night. There you go. That would be sweet. I would jump on that like a trampoline. Hmm. Sweet. Yeah. All right, let me um, – God, I don't even know how to talk about these movies. One well, more than the other. Let me go with the big one. Um, Ready Player One. I got to go see it Yes. Uh, this week, actually. Um. So, um, based on the novel, I'm about a third of the way through, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, then they're pr- um, there's a lot of information in the novel, and yeah. they kind of skim over some of it, but it's kind of faithful to it. Um, so, <clears throat> what's good in this movie is Ty Sheridan is really good as the main uh, characters, uh, Parzival and or wade um it's if you don't know what it's about it's a dystopian not a dystopian future it's a near future within the next like 30 years or 20 years or whatever and a online game or uh, online place where you can game mm-hmm. is is run by a old old mark zuckerberg who gives everybody a chance to get his money. I, I, I mean, it's the premise is kind of 
I guess in the book it's kind of good. In the movie it's kind of hackneyed. I don't I don't know. It's whatever it is. Um, the movie's pretty good. It's a lot of I think Anderson uh, on the film ball said there's a lot of member berries in there. Oh yeah, uh, that's how the um, book is too. Yeah, it's just like all these things you remember and love from the past. We're just going to talk about them and incorporate them into the story. Yeah. And it, it does a really good job of doing that. Um, I I liked I liked having those things pop up because as a guy that's starting to get out of touch with things, because mm-hmm. I am, because like my son's watching, like he's obsessed with Hello Neighbor. I don't know what that is. I, I don't either. <laughs> well, good. What, what the hell? Um <laughs> Or uh, Inky, Bendy and Inky, people probably know that. I don't know what it is. Uh, this Fortnite craze is going crazy. <laughs> Fortnite's um, hot in the streets, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but it, it's nice. It's a nostalgic piece. This is actually for for dads. Like, I think this is for dads to take their kids to see. They're like teenagers. Like, this is what we really loved about, you know. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a chance to, you know what this is, is uh, because there was a lot of references to like Spielberg movies back then, you know, so maybe people are trying to, or he's getting people to buy those old movies or whatever. Um, Overall, it's big action. Like, I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, and I can't really explain it to tell you whether it's, I mean, you're either going to like it or you won't. There's mm-hmm. things to pick apart about it, but there's what like the second act. There's a probably a 15 minute scene in it that I can't wait for you to watch because <laughs> it made me love this movie. Yeah, so much. I'm um, excited. Yeah, this is one that's high on my list right now. Um, when I found out that um, Steven Spielberg optioned it, I immediately bought the book and read it. And mm. and the book is it's not so much filled with like the member berries. It's more of like I bet you don't remember this. Oh, yeah, and and that's one thing that I kind of hated about the book. There were some like references that were just like just, a little like, bit too inside baseball. Yeah, just so like so uh, self indulgent. Like I remember this. Do mm-hmm. you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but all in all, I I did really enjoy it. I think it's a cool cool premise, um, and. Obviously, as a Spielberg fan, I was like, "Oh, this could be, could be good." Good, not great, mm-hmm. um, but a great moment, like uh, a moment in a movie that actually rivals what it's talking about. Like the the movie it's talking about, mm-hmm. I hold really in very high esteem. But this moment in the move in Play- Ready Player One rivals it because it was so well done and and had a lot of care taken to it like as soon as you see it i don't want to give anything away yeah, because yeah, i want yeah, you to yeah. like as soon as you see it you're gonna know exactly what i'm talking about all right so i'm excited um yeah it's yeah uh so i if you can go see it because it's worth seeing it in the theater and seeing it on the big screen because like i bet you if i watch this like there are so many like I mean, the whole thing is about an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. There's so many Easter eggs in this movie. Like to see, like it's just, uh, it's almost visually overwhelming at times, and like you're trying to keep up with the the storyline and all the 
the random things that are flying by that you know you recognize but you just didn't like you probably like put it on half speed and try to wreck <laughs> you know yeah get everything so a lot of care taken um good not great really liked it cool um movie that i liked even more and i'm not i can't talk about it okay other than um just saying a quiet place um it's i for me it's this year this year's get out um it's a well-crafted horror slash thriller movie um it's we've talked now a couple times i think we talked about those those uh highbrow post-apocalyptic movies yeah this kind of falls in that genre um and but suspenseful really well done um it's worth seeing in a movie theater because usually you <laughs> so the premise is they're in a post-apocalyptic world and they can't talk because if they do they're going to get killed and a lot of this movie is quiet and <laughs> the movie theater is unnaturally quiet that's with, cool even with people in it and like as soon as someone starts talking like multiple people Shh, shut up you know like like it was it was a little bit rewarding because wow. like, yeah that's cool yeah uh if you can go see this because uh this one i mean both these movies are worth going to see in the theater but a quiet mm-hmm. place I, I i'm anxious to talk and 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 spoil the hell out of it yeah sometime yeah okay but it's usually yep. a good sign. And I'd like to hear if any of our listeners have seen either two of those movies. I want to hear. Yeah. We haven't had a whole lot of feedback on the website. I mean, you know, only like a hundred or so emails each day or so. But yeah, um, we'll get there yeah, pretty no. quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, email us brewingviewpod at gmail dot com. Yep. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Um, what have we? We haven't uh, doled out any assignments yet. Oh shit! No, we haven't. No, we... <laughs> I'm just too in love with my own voice, kind of like Junior Baker. someday I'm gonna leave you, and like it's right at that two-year point, or I should probably be getting rid of you. Yeah, right? and I'm <laughs> I'm gonna be years later, crying on camera about thinking about you all alone. Mm-hmm. So I was be like, oh, he's he's not alone. What's crazy well, is never they, mind. <laughs> all the people like had terrible things to say about him, but like yeah. they all loved him at the same time. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. I, it's it's weird what we'll put up with for genius. Yeah. But I think, like, his kids, I wonder if they just, like, they just have that undying bond with him or... Because, uh, you know, when you're a kid, I imagine you probably couldn't care less about your dad wailing on the drums necessarily I guess, well but his son mm-hmm. like i i started to feel bad for him until he was being interviewed without a shirt on yeah and i was like fuck off yeah that was really weird yeah. <laughs> that was very uh in a movie full of like strange twists and turns turns that was uh very left field <laughs> yeah like, oh, okay 
Yeah, you know, we'd go. We we'd bang on the skins a little. Don't don't say that right now. <laughs> All right. Um. So. Well, before we do that, yes, I gotta break you. Okay. Fair enough. BRB. All right, we're back, and it's uh, time to look to the future. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we're gonna be doling out some assignments here, and uh, I've got one for you on Amazon. Kind of continuing your. Uh, uh, well, the king of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, yeah, my Scorsese. Yes, continue your your Scorsese. I was gonna say Scorsese De Niro, but it, you just watched De Niro wasn't in the um the one you just watched, right? No, he yeah. wasn't. But I think they went through Tribeca. Yeah, he's probably there. Like he was probably <laughs> standing on the sidewalk. Yeah, he, he was probably hanging out. Yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah, King Comedy from 1982. Um, pairing up Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro once again. Or actually, 82, maybe. Uh, 83? Not for the first time. Not no. even for the second time. No, because they were in 70, I think Not it was 78, they did Taxi Driver, right? Yeah, and Mean Streets and Raging Bull. Was definitely 80. Mean Streets was like early seventies. Raging Bull was eighty on the nose. Let me see yeah. here. It's, I probably have the. Yeah, whatever. Um, not, not important. Maybe we'll talk about it uh, next week when we discuss the gang and comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I look forward to it because yeah. that's one of my, one of my holes, one of my weak spots. Uh, for good things. And I'm looking forward to it for you. Uh, and this is one I'm going to jump in with you is uh, from last year uh, up for, I think, uh, Best Supporting Actor uh, for Wilhelm Defoe, uh, The Florida Project, streaming on Amazon. Uh, yeah. Yeah. little in- indie film. And yeah. hopefully, supposed to be hopefully really worth it. I'm sure, if nothing else, <coughs> get to watch a great performance. I think I could be wrong. Let me look this up real quick because mm-hmm. I think the the person that did Tangerine did oh. did the Florida Project too. Sean Baker. Yep. Yep. Director or writer, and probably director, I suppose. But the writer. Yeah, he directed for Tangerine. Well. He was right director for that and. So, uh, did I say Sean Bean? Sean Baker. But uh, movie, uh, Tangerine, which I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shot all on the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, did you watch that with me? Um, I assigned it to you. I I have seen it at this point, but I don't think uh, I watched it until after you reviewed it. Okay. All right. So, uh, and did you like it as much as I did? Or, yeah, I liked it a lot. I, I I kind of, yeah. I gave it, it a six. I thought I remember it a little bit more fondly than that. Yeah. Maybe uh, need a little uh, little refresher. Um, but Maybe. yeah, I, I like Tangerine a lot. Um, yeah. And I think the uh, the whole like shot entirely on an iPhone thing is. Um, I think maybe that's just what they to to get um, get people in the seats, I guess, or get people interested because. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not for I mean, maybe not for like your first movie. I think that maybe I like, got a little bit that's really good. Like uh Soderbergh doing it 
like recently, mm-hmm. like his latest, like doing it on an iPhone, then that's more that's more gimmick. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm sure that like even though you did it shoot it on an iPhone, it's uh, probably got <laughs> you probably have like you know tracking shots and a whole. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. Your DP's probably sitting there with the, his iPhone in his hand doing this. <laughs> Great. If he, there's a monitor for the iPhone that's bigger yeah. than it. <laughs> He's just doing this. I mean, it, like, how, like, this demeans us both mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah, another yeah. Uh, Simpsons callback. So. <laughs> Simpsons All right, cool. Did it. Yeah. Well, what do you got for the listeners? Um. Okay, so for the listeners, uh, kind of a caveat with this one streaming on netflix is the movie eyes wide shut Mm. um Mm. and this is a movie that i uh didn't really like when i saw it and i I didn't really get it um but there is uh we um we discussed it in uh one of the cinema classes i took in my brief, brief stint um yeah so so uh as as with the, a lot of other things, um, this is uh, supposedly people say that it is a, uh, a confession tape by Stanley Kubrick. Um, p- people believe that it's some sort of like Illuminati sex ring, Bilderberg government shit. And um, this was the last movie he made before he died. And there's a whole if you want to go down this rabbit hole and this is why i suggest this this movie with the caveat is um you can find some pretty off the wall um outlandish and and interesting stuff that people think um what this movie is about or um why stanley kubrick was uh killed for uh for making this movie and uh well, people forget he was like 75 stuff. Yeah, like he wasn't a young. He wasn't in chicken. great shape. Yeah, well, he was. He was not like a uh, a spry seventy five. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, it's um, it's an interesting. It's a movie with like it's the type of movie that deserves a movie about it. Um. And yeah, he, I I feel like you would never think that, and luckily I had someone who was kind of guiding the process and like, well, you know, he's, this was his plan and this was what he wanted to do. And there was studio interference. And so it's an interesting movie, um, from a like movie making perspective. And I, I actually do. I do like the movie. Uh, it's a little, it's pretty strange, but, um, well, so, uh, a couple months ago, we talked about that movie, As Is For Stanley. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had read the companion piece or the uh, the, the autobiography of uh, Stanley Kubrick and me, uh, written by his driver and pretty much his, not his secretary, but his like manservant type person. His confidant, and, his conciliary. Yes. Well, not even that. I mean, more of a just like a go-getter. Hey, mm. keep my life in in line because I am too cluttered in my head to yeah. make things run. Because 
it it paints a picture of Stanley being very smart, but like one of those geniuses that can't like he will dedicate a dedicate a room to cats and he that if unattended will destroy a room because he forgets to change the litter <laughs> or you know because he, he was like an absent-minded genius yeah and just like the the whole allure of the you know doing the moon landing or like having all these like illumin whatever the yeah. uh, illuminati you know he was getting too close because that, he was that much of a genius. Yeah. Maybe he was a filmmaking genius, maybe. But he wasn't he wasn't that. Read yeah. that book because it, it 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 breaks down a little bit of the mythos behind what he uh could and could not do, I think. Yeah. Or maybe or maybe that's just a front. Maybe that's and... the real genius. No, I think that's one of the um the, that's like geniuses are usually not geniuses across the board. Yeah. And well, yeah. They, they I mean, only like we really, yeah. They they only really know how to articulate themselves well within their medium. Mm-hmm. Yep. So just like a basketball player, mm-hmm. football player, Kanye West, podcaster. Yeah, podcaster. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, it's an interesting movie if you want to like, if you're willing to go there. Um, but yeah. it is a good movie by um, a, an, an interesting director as well. Yeah. So. It was an odd choice, though, going from, what was it? It was going, I think it was Full Metal Jacket to that, right? He, <clears throat> uh, let me take a look here. Yes, exactly. That. Yeah, so there was like a almost a 10-year break between 12, movies. 12 yeah. years between actual releases yeah it's wild and there was seven between uh the shining and uh full metal jacket yeah yeah genius there's something there there's yeah. crack those seven, numbers seven twelve hmm. five five is the difference between seven and twelve and then up uh, it's it's uh, it's pretty there's plain five to letter, see. There's five letters in the name Jesus, yeah. and and Obama. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear Obama did 9/11, and black, mm. and Kenya, <sighs> and I Kanye. Just, I just got chills. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus has six though. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh wow. Well, we figured it out. Yeah. And uh, what about <laughs> what about you? What do you got for the listeners? Some something a little less esoteric, mm-hmm. yet very wordy. Um, uh, the movie Fences from 2016, a movie we both really liked. Um, but it, you have to like dialogue, and you have to appreciate the performances, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Fences. And, uh, yeah, a good movie we both liked. Worthy of a nomination, I think, for that year, but definitely not worthy of a win, which it didn't get. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but it definitely deserved recognition for... Yeah. For- uh, acting, perf- like, nothing nothing done, like, with the filmography... Photography, there was nothing groundbreaking there. It was all in 
the actors. It was mm-hmm. put on the actors to pull this off. And I think for me, well done. Yeah. So. No, I agree. And it takes place in Pittsburgh. There you go. Which is good. Better than Philadelphia. <laughs> uh, what's what's the name? Denzel Washington loves doing movies in that area. Yeah, he does. What a, what a guy. All right, cool. Um, so next week we're talking about the King of Comedy and uh, the Florida Project. And uh, those are both streaming on Amazon Prime if you want to watch along with us. If you'd rather wait and uh, find out what we have to say about the whole thing, uh, we got Eyes Wide Shut from 1999 on Netflix and Fences from 2016 on Amazon Prime. Yep. And uh, let us know if you have seen any of the new movies we talked about tonight, The Quiet Place and or... Well, does... uh, I guess, actually, as we speak, or as we speak right now, uh, what do you call it? Did um uh not Age of Ultron but the Infinity War did that open up this week or is that next week? I don't know. Something came out today. Something noteworthy, I think. Um, Super Troopers two. There you go. Not noteworthy, but the but I was listening to a podcast and they were interviewing those guys, so maybe it's just on my mind. Um, Infinity War is. Next uh, week, I believe. Yeah, probably. Yep. Cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You were never here. You were never really here. So the I guess that's the uh, the follow up to Joaquin Phoenix's. Uh, I'm still here. I'm not here. Right. Is it? I'm still here. Or I'm not here. Something. He's he's there wherever he is. I'm yes. Not there. And yeah. Kodachrome? What is that about? Hmm. Oh, shit. I didn't even talk about Westworld. But I don't need to. <laughs> I mean, it's it's good. I really like it, but yeah. I talk too much about other stuff. I'm interested, so. but I, I um, never actually sat down to watch it. Yeah. Uh, it's worth a watch. Um, it, 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 it falls into that... Um, uh, retreading stories and trying like squeezing every every ounce of a storyline out yeah. of it. Sometimes it's it's good to let a storyline die in the vine if it's not going yeah. anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. But H- uh, for the most part, it's that. a lot of interesting um, uh, 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 what's the word uh, thoughts or ideas mm-hmm. that. Are, are trying to be explored um and some really good acting too yeah uh, for the most part i don't know if i can i know you didn't make it too far into uh the um and into it's always sunny in philadelphia but i i don't know if i can watch jimmy simpson as as anything other than his sunny character because he is so good at that i don't even know who that is uh he's the uh you said guy jimmy kinda, simpson yeah I uh, will find out. It's, it's J-I-M-M-I, which I have a problem with. Um, oh, yeah. well, yeah. Well, that's weird. Because he was in, um, he was also in, um, uh, 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 what's the uh, House of Cards? He oh. was a character in that as well. 
He was also in uh, that episode of um, Black Mirror. The yeah, oh, that's Callister. right. And up to this point, he's actually been in this episode. Bum, bum, bum. And older than me. So good. I feel young this episode. Good. I like it. Hey, he was mm-hmm. born in 75 as well. Why wasn't he? That's what I mean. Uh, yeah. Why wasn't he in the in the mix? Because his name ends, his first name ends in an I. Yeah. Yeah. And that is definitely not a current headshot. Yeah. Not he looks like quite a bit older. He reminds me of a, uh, uh, there, he looks like a Will Wheaton mixed up with a John Boy from the Waltons mixed up with... There's another. Uh, oh, a little bit of James Spader in there. Yeah, definitely see that. He, uh, yeah. He actually looks a lot like um, my dad's friend's son. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I I thought you would. As soon as I said that, I was like, he'll get it. He'll remember. So, yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts? Uh, I hope that you play the song I want you to play at the end of this. <laughs> okay. Notorious Thugs coming right up. You said 